Why should I be frightened of dying? There's no reason for it. You better go sometimes. Hello, welcome to the Sam Reads Near Death Experiences podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I am somewhat surprised to be saying that again because I had originally made this particular podcast as a library of past episodes. I had Sam Reads Near Death Experiences as my podcast for a few years and then transitioned it into the current iteration of the podcast known as Decoding Death. But people still wanted to listen to these older episodes, and so I made this podcast as a library of sorts, of a the backlog of all my past episodes. And, you know, the transition from Sam Reed's near-death experiences into Decoding Death was just a reflection of the change in focus I think I had from looking at near-death experiences, particularly in just reading them and exploring them, into wanting to do something deeper and take a deeper dive into the imagery in NDEs and match that up, line that up with ideas of anthropology and religion and psychology and go into a deeper dive of the meaning of death and how it expresses itself. So I saw that people were still quite interested in the older episodes of the Sam Reed's near-death experiences backlog, and I thought it might be fun just to read a near-death experience for old time's sake. And this is a near-death experience which I'm going to be exploring in greater detail in an episode four, Decoding Death. But since I was going to read it anyway, I thought I might just post it on here as a little something fun to do, a walk down memory lane, if you will. For my Decoding Death podcast, I'm going to be doing an episode which is looking at the imagery and symbolism of Crossroads. And this NDE features a crossroads in a very significant way. It's the point of no return, the boundary which can't be crossed. And I read this NDE story from a woman named Betty and thought it was really fascinating and something that I wanted to share and thought this might be a good place to do so while I continue to work on the episode for Decoding Death. I found this story on the nderf.org website, which is a great resource for those of you who want to read some near-death experiences. And it occurred in 1995, so it's coming to us from quite a ways back. But I thought this was a really amazing story, and I am excited to share it with you all now. This is Betty's near-death experience. Quote, I worked on a horse farm as well as having horses at home and being a lifelong rider. I took the rough out of thoroughbred horses who had started at the track, and this particular day was no different. 
I was taking a young horse out under saddle for a ride. About a mile from the house and yards, he threw me head first. By injury and marks on the road, I landed almost directly on top of my head, onto the hard-packed travel and clay road. I seemed to become aware of everything very acutely. The sun, the wind, the grass blowing in the fields from where I was. I was far from the barns and house, but somehow I could see what was going on there. I saw everything that had happened that day, from getting up at home several miles away, to starting my day at work, feeding and mucking, saddling the horse I'd been riding, all as if I was an observer, but I could see up close from above, see even myself, heard the conversations I had with others, everything. I saw as if watching from my nowhere everywhereness, myself riding out away from the house and getting thrown. I saw myself lying in the road and was curious and calm. I saw the horse make the additional two miles around the road back to the barn lot and another worker catch him. Mind this was miles from the other houses. I saw my friend and employer look the horse over look out over the fields for me, and get in the truck to head out on the road looking for me. I was not sure how this was possible, but it was not distressing. I was glad that the horse went home. I remember watching myself be found and thinking that I must have died, yet I felt no pain. I saw people at my house miles away get a phone call. I saw the ambulance and I just moved effortlessly from one place to another. I didn't seem to question why I wasn't in my body at all. I apparently started having difficulties in surgery and went somewhere. I was on the road where I'd been thrown again, but I was walking and the sky was getting dark. A friend of mine who was deceased was walking with me, talking about my life, and I knew that we were going together somewhere. The road became unfamiliar to me, and the landscape desolate and cold. A lady of unintelligible age that I did not recognize sat at a crossroads. She told me that it wasn't my time, and that I had things to do before I could go any further. My friend went past this woman and told me that when it was time, she would be waiting for me. This lady I understood to be some kind of gatekeeper or something. She was not impatient but was firm with me. Suddenly I was seeing myself on a bed, my parents, and medical personnel and I could hear what was said. My body was, quote, asleep, but my consciousness was alert. I went into my body and could feel pain and seemed to enter a dream state. I came around at some point and eventually told what I had experienced, which was validated. I had terrible difficulties with my memory for months after the accident, but the things I had seen stayed clear as a bell, even when I couldn't remember what I had heard in conversation a few minutes before. The emotional aspects of my experience while observing have never left me in the 27 years since. I had a lot of trouble with my vision, memory, headaches, and did a lot of physical therapy, 
and by the grace of God I wasn't paralyzed as initially suspected that I might be. I eventually got back around to working with horses. I couldn't risk another injury, so braking and rough riding were out of the question. I can't do a lot of things I could before, but I have been different since my experience. I can sense others' emotions, human and animal, and especially animals respond to me differently. They are soothed by my presence. I have found that I have the same effect on human patients, and for some time after becoming a nurse, I chose hospice care to provide whatever comfort the dying seem to sense within me. I haven't talked about that with anyone ever, because almost everyone I meet notices something they can't name, but some are made uncomfortable by it, and for the first several years I felt like a freak. So much so that I spiraled downward in my late teens and attempted suicide. I was again spoken to by the same entity and assured that I had some purpose to fulfill. I'm not crazy, I don't have brain damage, and I'm not psychotic. I have had psychological tests done for my own peace of mind and understanding. As I have gotten older and experienced life more fully, I have accepted that something extraordinary happened to me, and it cannot be explained by the rigid narratives of organized religion. I have a deeply held spirituality of the interconnectedness of all life. End quote. So that was Betty's near-death experience. And I have a few things I want to talk about in relation to it, but perhaps not go into the full amount of detail that I will dive into this near-death experience and others in my Decoding Death podcast. But just a few basic things that you all can kind of get the sense of how much meaning there is embedded in the imagery of near-death experiences. Beyond what is spoken in the experience and what is said, just how the experience presents itself to the individual. For example, the image of the crossroads. Crossroads are a deeply numinous and significant place that appear in folklore and mythology, even religion. And there is so much meaning just in that image itself. It's fascinating that that is the setting for this near-death experience, the point of no return for Betty, this transitionary point, this liminal space where she has to turn around and go back. Just to illustrate how this ties in with the world of mythology and folklore, religion, and ultimately our own psychology, I found a little reference that can summarize some of these ideas. I'm going to read it now. Quote, In folklore, crossroads may represent a location between the worlds, and as such, a site where supernatural spirits can be contacted and paranormal events can take place. Symbolically, it can mean a locality where two realms touch, and therefore it represents liminality, a place literally neither here nor there, betwixt and between. End quote. 
So as such, this is a place where one can sell one's soul to the devil in exchange for wealth or fame or talent, as in the story of Faust, or perhaps the story of the blues guitarist Robert Johnson, who, according to legend, sold his soul to the devil in order to learn how to play guitar. And that has been disproven, but ultimately it's not really about what actually happened with this blues guitarist. It's about the idea that at the crossroads you have a meeting of two worlds, and from that both positive and negative can happen. You get in touch with things that are beyond this world. And so you can meet the spirits of the dead. It's a dangerous place, but also a positive place. It's a place of new beginnings. You could perhaps, instead of meeting the devil, you could meet a goddess. For instance, in Greek mythology, the goddess Hecate was the deity of the crossroads, as well as Hermes, who was a, another god associated with crossroads and both of these deities were worshipped and had meals and votive offerings left for them at crossroads. They also had statues and altars placed at the meeting points of two roads and Greeks and Romans found boundary areas such as doors or crossroads or rivers to be sacred and thus had these deities to represent those places where things could go very well or things could go very poorly depending on how you cross them. And so the significance of crossroads stretches far back into human history and also into the human psyche as well. If we look at the idea of a crossroads on a symbolic level, it is the tension of two opposites. It's the meeting point of two, two opposing forces, two different directions. And so at that point, you could go anywhere. It's the center. And from there, it is both the place of infinite possibility, of going any direction, but it's also the place of maximal suffering because it entails making a decision. And that decision, that direction you go, could end in your death. Who knows? So you have ideas of suffering and salvation, and the essence of the crossroads itself is that it is a cross, which is, of course, the symbol of Christianity, that the cross is the place of suffering, but also of redemption. And it's not even entirely a Christian symbol. It has been a human symbol that has appeared in many cultures, even pre-Christian cultures, in the form of what's called a solar cross or a sun cross, which is a cross within a wheel. And so ultimately this symbol has had that numinosity, that sacrality to it, even before it became the image of Christianity. I know that's a lot of ideas wrapped up into one, but with a symbol as deeply meaningful as the crossroads, it's easy to 
get lost down all these different little pathways of, of what is embedded in that image. But here we have it showing up in a near-death experience, and it is a, a perfect representation of, I think, what is being communicated in that experience. It is the boundary, the place where a choice has to be made or, or one can go forward into death or back into life in the case of Betty. It's important to note that Betty herself did not choose the contents of her experience. They happened on their own accord. She found herself walking down the road where her accident had happened, and the experience seems to stitch itself together based on motifs of the human experience over eons. I have read some Native American near-death experiences in which it often begins with the individual walking down a path or a road, and then it gets uncanny and gets desolate and cold like occurs in Betty's case. But with her particular story, she then finds herself at a crossroads after walking with a deceased friend of hers. And there at the crossroads is a, a woman of unintelligible age, as Betty puts it. And this woman makes the decision that Betty has to turn back. This woman is the gatekeeper. And Betty's deceased friend continues on past the crossroads point and says that she will see her again when it is her time. This gatekeeper woman is a fascinating part of this story because there is a lot she shares in common with some depictions of the goddess Hecate. And that's not to say that she is, but she is perhaps fulfilling that role in the human psyche that she serves as some kind of psychopomp of a being that leads one into the afterlife or perhaps in this case tells you that it is not yet your time. I found a wonderful academic paper on the folklore and mythology of Crossroads. It's by the author S.I. Johnston and I wanted to read just a brief passage from it to illustrate this role that Hecate played and so we might see some resonance between this depiction of Hecate and the woman who appeared in Betty's near-death experience. Quote, Hecate's role as a goddess of crossroads actually is a single aspect of the broader role that she played from earlier times, that of guiding individuals through liminal points and during transitions of many types. As a goddess who guided and guarded during transitions of all types, Hecate would have protected men against uncanny ghosts because ghosts were imagined to gather at liminal points. Naturally, she eventually became associated ever more closely with the ghosts themselves, for a mistress who could keep them at bay could also lead them on and in her wrathful, unsupplicated moments give them free reign to wreak terror. It is a mistake, however, to emphasize this darker side of her nature to the exclusion of her protective characteristics. End quote. So I thought that was a wonderful example of how 
we can start to see how symbolism begins to develop itself over time that Hecate initially was this goddess who protected those in moments of transition and that naturally developed into her becoming the goddess of crossroads and the association of crossroads with uncanny places of place dangerous places of a meeting point between the world of spirit and our normal mundane world that she became associated with ghosts and so there's this natural progression of symbolism which expresses ideas which are autonomous within the human psyche and here again we have that expression in Betty's near-death experience in this figure of the female gatekeeper. That is not to say that this woman in Betty's NDE was Hecate. We don't know that, but she's fulfilling that role, that archetype of the individual, the psychopomp who can lead someone into death or into the next world. However, in Betty's case, she was told that it was not yet her time. But significantly, when Betty was having issues later on in life, and she was considering suicide, it apparently is this same female gatekeeper who spoke to her and told her that she had some purpose to fulfill. And then I was quite amazed to read that it sounds like that purpose which Betty was destined to fulfill was to become a hospice nurse, which in many ways is the exact same role which the female gatekeeper in her NDE played or that Hecate played as a person who guides a poor soul through the transition of death, who guides someone through that crossroads. And that's an amazing thing that not many people can do. And it sounds as though Betty is able to comfort people in that way and to serve that purpose, which is incredible. So with that, I think we will wrap things up. Many thanks to Betty for sharing her experience and many thanks to you all for listening. Like I mentioned earlier, I will be developing these ideas of the symbolism of crossroads and their appearance in NDEs in my Decoding Death podcast. And so be on the lookout for that. And in the meantime, I may occasionally read a near-death experience again on Sam Reed's near-death experiences. So we will, uh, we'll see. I might pop in now and again and read one for old time's sake because it's been a lot of fun to do that. And so thank you again for listening and uh, till next time.